Welcome back, Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. I say welcome back because I did a show like uh, two nights ago, something like that. So it feels like we're doing shows every single day, even though for everybody that might be tuning in on uh, uh, whatever your podcast medium is, I don't even know all of them. Um, it's probably been a little while. We took a, a weird little break after a weird little break because of the small human that has set up residence in my household. Um, but we are back. We are live at Streetside for their first ever can release, um, joined by the one, the only, Garrett Hickey. Um, this is your big day, I guess. Like, well, one of the big days in the last six, almost six months to the day. What? Six months yesterday. Uh, six months yesterday. Well, yeah. happy half anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's. Um, I think I mentioned this before, but it's kind of insane to think about the fact that you guys haven't even been around for a year, it feels like you've kind of ingrained yourselves as part of um, this this culture already in this, this this beer scene. So it feels weird to say that it's only been six months. Yeah, I mean, we share so, so much on Facebook that it feels like we've probably put out <laughs> enough posts to match a two-year pace, I would say. <laughs> you guys think you overshare social media? I don't because know about that. I, I don't we, think so. I, we just like to make well, sure people know I can name a couple this. people that do, but uh, you guys are not on that list. <laughs> Um, so first ever can released Sub Raw, um, New England IPA. We did a show, like I said, the other night I sat down with Craft Beer Joe and we kind of rolled through a bunch of New England IPAs. Unfortunately, I missed all of the Woodburn stuff because we had too many already. But um, <laughs> why New England IPA for this first can release? Is it to jump on this? Uh, not, to, not to get right into this, but to get on the, the this, this hype train that's kind of going around Cincinnati, or is it really just because you guys are crazy about the style? I mean, it's so we made it when you first did your show here at uh, December, December. We had we had a New England on, and they weren't they didn't hit what we wanted them to. We wanted to do it, I mean, right away, um, but we weren't sure that we were going to hit every aspect of the beer that we want to. It was, I mean, as you saw, then it cleared up. Um, and we didn't, I'm glad we test batched it, test batched it. We did 15 barrels of it. <laughs> um, there are some places around town that that's their yes, test. That is, so yes, that is true. Not for us, but we thought, we thought it would be fine. And it, it, it wasn't, um, so we were doing it. I mean, it was in, I think November or October that we, uh, we opened in October, November. Um, that we released the original batch of Subrod and, and Flock So Hard. And they were, I mean, they were New England's, but they didn't have the haze. And we were like, all right, well, let's try to figure this out. Um, and we just never, we never got it to be where we want it to be right at that moment. And after tweaking and after some homebrewing by Luke and some test batching on our little one, one keg system, 15 gallon system, uh, we finally hit the haze and we're like, all right, let's do this thing. So we so we quickly released O shoot, um, and then we did Subra batch, I guess three I think, two, I don't remember whatever, uh, some number of Subra <laughs> and and finally we're like all right this is this is good, uh, got label approval got everything we needed and ran with it and said and told Buckeye we wanted to do it this day told everybody who gets our stuff for us. That we isn't, isn't it like Iron something or other? Now? Yeah, so it's, <laughs> it is. They are owned by Ironheart, but Buckeye Canning is. I still call them Buckeye Canning. I don't know what they want me to call them, but Ironheart slash Buckeye Canning. Um, they set up. We set up a date. Got them in here. Got everything going. And so with, you know, kind of going back a little bit to this genesis of Subra. Is it is part of it that that trying to get it right you know trying to hit all those different things yeah you know, the weird thing that yes you can't just look up in a book oh how do you brew a new right. ipa it's all yep. this weird you know stuff out there people say well you have to do this no you have to do this yeah. and it's almost the complete opposite things that people are saying so i guess yeah so i guess i never actually answered the original question yes we love the style and that's why we brewed it we also saw that people wanted it and saw that there was a market for it back when we opened and it was always something we wanted to do so we decided that we we're going to do it now it took us a minute to hit it exactly how we want it but um yeah that with it being not an ever-changing style but a style that's evolving still if it, if you can even call it a style or whatever right. you want to say uh we wanted we just wanted to make sure that it was easy i know <laughs> i know it's so it's so pathetic i know that that's for us is the least important thing there's more important things to us uh 
hop aroma, so, mouthfeel. So let's let's just clarify now. You guys did not just make an IPA and dump a bunch of flour. Correct. Right? And that's, yeah, there that's, was, that's yes. really not what no, it is. Yeah, there was... I know, I know no one's going to believe this when I say it, but there were seriously, guys, no flowers were used in this. None at all. Um, it, I, and I think that's something that I think people need to get through their heads is that this is, whether you consider this a style or not, or whether you consider it an abomination of an IPA, yep. it still doesn't make it easy to brew. It doesn't no. make it easy to hit all of those notes. You know, the, that, that juicy hop aroma, the, yep. the flavor, the, the mouthfeel, you know, yep. and then that, that haze, that last little bit that just... You can see it across the room and say, I know what kind of beer yeah. that is. Well, honestly, could be a half of this is one of the, <laughs> this is one of the hardest beers that I mean that we that I've ever brewed. I mean, out of anything, I mean, there's lagers, and then I would say New England's are difficult. I mean, you can make them, you can make them by making them making a beer poorly, right? Um, but if you really want to make it well and make it so it's noticeably, I mean. A good beer, it's it's a difficult one to hit. So, there are right now a lot of people talking about the style, a lot of people making the style around yep. town. You know, in in Europe, you know, I've I've got my th- off the bat Subra stands out because of that Simcoe. I don't think I've tasted anything around town that has that big Simcoe kick to it, mm-hmm. but still is a New England IPA. So sure. Number one, that's to me, that's what sets it apart. But you know, kind of what other things to you? make this one of those things that, that why are people lined up right now for this other than um, yeah, being I, in there more in bed <laughs> so I mean for for me the New England all the New England's the the mouthfeel is the most important and I, I hate that I hate saying that uh, mouthfeel sounds gross to me whenever I say it. I know that I know I don't know if anybody else cringes but yeah the uh, mouthfeel I mean you gotta you gotta have like a creamy creamy smooth mouthfeel that you would almost have on a stout um, or imperial stout or whatever. That's I mean that's number one. Number two is that is that aroma, um, and it's I mean that's basically the the way to do that is add a lot of hops right. and add it at times that I mean you add a lot of cold side hops and that's that's well, why you get it. It's it's so interesting to me and again you know. We talked about this on the show a couple days ago. You guys will probably hear it next week on the show, but it it showcases this whole other side to a hop. Yes. That you know, you know, especially talking about something like Simcoe, like you, you in your head you know what it tastes like and you right. know what it feels like in your mouth and you know what that, that bitterness mm-hmm. is. And then you taste it in a beer like this and it just it throws all that out the window and completely sure. shifts your appreciation of For those sure. those certain hops. So yeah. Oh and that's yeah. So I think I don't know. Somebody's probably gonna disagree with me. I'm gonna oh, hear about it. But um, I think one of the big, the big things is that the New Englands really showcase what a hop can do. I mean, you can do a smash beer, and people can taste what a what a hop can do and what it should taste like by itself. But also, you've got these New Englands, and I mean, when we were kegging it, it just smelled like. It smelled dank. And it smelled like papaya. It smelled, right. or not kegging it. Sorry, canning it. I've I've now kegged so many times <laughs> that I don't say I don't think about any other form of packaging. Um, but yeah, the uh, it really shows what you can do with a hop and how, when used properly, a hop can give you actual juice flavors. And I don't like saying juice because it's very amorphous, non-specific term. But I mean, when you taste when you taste subra, I hope that you get papaya and grapefruit and dank and all the all the aromas that when you read a descriptor for the hop that that's what you that's what it says that you should smell and taste well and it's fun to me because you you get those flavors but there isn't that that over the top bitter like kick in the palate that distracts you from it yes it it really showcases the flavors of a hop yes um i I don't know if if anybody's done like a smashed new england ipa but I feel like a series like that would be really fun. It would, be, it would be interesting. <laughs> and you definitely get, you definitely be able to. But I want a series of all kinds of right, different hops. Right. I, well, and we did, when we did 011, um, in parentheses L, um, that was, we used Conan yeast, we used Belma, and we used, I think, just normal two row. And that was like, we were like, here is, here is the New England, the traditional New England yeast. Here is a hop, and here is the grain. Pick out, pick right. out what you think you should taste, and it 
it started out and I mean it was clear, but because you can crash Conan. I know it's weird, but you can you can get it to clear up if you try. Um, and we weren't trying to make it in New England, so that was part of it as well. But we did it and people liked it. Uh, but I mean, it also Belm was a weird hop, and as it aged, it didn't it didn't the beer didn't go as well. And some of those things are are geek things. Yeah, for and sure. Not necessarily. Yeah. Drinker things, you know, yeah. like it's uh, the, the the geeky side of people want things like like the smash beers and, yeah. and granted you know there are plenty of people that like a, a smash that yeah um they're not geeking out on yeah. it but it's the geeky side that i think makes them really stand out yeah uh, um let's take a yes. quick break i want to talk kind of about can releases and why you guys kind of decided to do sure. it like this versus the quote unquote traditional way of releasing something yep. um, so we'll be back anybody that is uh, listening live you know feel free to chime in with any of your questions any of your comments um We'll be back. Cincy Brewcast, we are the voice of Cincy Craft. Hi, Mike Cisneros here with a word about Brewhouse Dog Bones. By now, craft beer fans all over Cincy know the distinctive brown paper sack with a big red bone. You've seen it in great breweries like Mount Carmel, Listerman's, Rheingeist, 8 Ball, Braxton, and more. At just 5 bucks a bag, you know you can't find a more healthful or delicious treat for your best friend made from spent brewery grains, organic eggs, peanut butter, and brown rice flour. But did you know that Brewhouse Dog Bones is an educational program for developmentally disabled teens and young adults? It's available through the New Richmond, Cincinnati Public, Fort Thomas Public, Sycamore, Oak Hills, and many more school districts across southwest Ohio and northern Kentucky. For more information on where to find Brewhouse Dog Bones or how to get your developmentally disabled loved one or your school district involved in the Brewhouse Dog Bones program, contact Lisa Graham at area code 513-520-0310 or visit www.brewhousedogbones.com. Give your dog the craft experience with Brewhouse Dog Bones. Um, I look at I look at the Bud Light drinkers out there as a you know a forest to be harvested. They're all out there and, and they don't know any better yet, but they will. You don't you don't ever hear somebody say, Yeah, I used to drink that craft beer crap. But I, <laughs> I went back to my Bud Light. You don't hear that, do you? No, you don't. You're listening to Cincy Brickcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Hi fans, I'm going to tell you about the new apparel supplier to Cincy Brewcast, Pasteur Screen Print. Mario Pasteura has built his family business with the craft beer movement in mind. They've done custom items for Old Firehouse, Listerman, and many more. Screen printing to embroidery, Pasteura Screen Print has the answers for your custom apparel and marketing needs. Contact Mario or any of the pros at Pasteur's Screen Print at 513-550-2271 by email at pasture.screenprint at gmail.com and coming soon at www.pasturescreenprint.com. The craft of custom apparel is Pasteur's Screen Print. I'm the Gnarly Gnome. This is Cincy Brewcast. We are back. We are live. We are maybe not live, depending on how you're listening to this, but we are recording it live. So I was going to say, uh, are we recording this time? <laughs> uh, yes, I okay. made sure I hit it. Okay. Uh, my cool. wife usually sends me a text message now at the start of every show and says, hit record, <laughs> uh, because it's happened, I think, twice. Yeah. So uh, we are at Streetside for the very first can release, the release of Subra, which, again, I freaking love the name, and it's fun to say. <laughs> I wish I want a T-shirt that just says Subra with a Streetside logo on the back. Gonna need you to get on that for me. <laughs> um, so, why do it like this? You know, we the, the traditional model is always you know you sign up with your distributor, you get some packaging in, you send it out to stores, and rinse and repeat. Yeah. So, I one we don't have a distributor, so. And I don't know how to sell packaging, packaged <laughs> beer to uh, any place, so. That is, if if you are a store and we have some left over, uh, shoot me an email and we'll uh, we'll talk about it because <laughs> so that's how we're gonna have to do that. Uh, but I like I like selling it out of the tap room one because it's the same reason that I like selling ke- or draft beer out of the tap room because I control I don't control we control um, 
everyone's experience and we can try to make it as pleasurable and that's why we have heaters and that's why we have a portlet and that's why we have a food truck and that's why we have a trash can for everyone to throw out their bottles bottles of water (laughs) bottles of water that's everyone sharing right now um so it's just something that we can control and yeah some you kind of risk the i mean not risk but you as i as we were talking about during the commercial break if there's beer left over then you you're sitting on beer that you're gonna have to figure out how to get rid of or move out to the general public without having like the actual can release big event right um but I just I, and, and beer of a style that doesn't typically sit as well as right. Else. Yes, for sure. It's not something that you want to be sitting around for a long period of time. Drink, drink these all fresh. Um, but yeah, that's that's why we did it this way. We we like the we like to be able to control how the the consumer the consumer um, drinks our product and how they buy our product and how we. Tr- I mean. Just trying to make it more enjoyable for people. Well, the whole the whole tagline is that intersection of yes. you know, craft and community, yes. and that. And I I don't think there's a lot of beer events. I mean, beer festivals are fun, brewery openings are fun, but to me, a, a, a bottle release or a can release where you've got everybody kind of coming out, everybody hanging out. You know, there's you know people making food, and right, there's yeah. people yep. sharing their bottles of water and that yep. kind of stuff, and. It, it it really does kind of intersect those two yes, different I, sides yeah. of it. That, uh, that was good. That was a good answer. <laughs> I wish I would have thought of that first. I've been doing show prep. I had it ready. Yeah, there you go. But yes, my mother would have wanted me to say that. Um, but I obviously, as the brewer who makes the beer, I am more concerned with how the product is consumed than I am with the uh, the intersection of community and craft. But it is true. I mean, you look out at the line and everyone is enjoying their beer and or their water uh, and they are hanging out and talking. You might get to meet somebody that you'd never met before or talk to Luke or I or my parents or whoever, some of our staff and just get to meet people who are involved in the in the day-to-day process um so that's especially with how big social media is now like there's plenty of times where you've talked to somebody online be it the brewery Mm -hmm. or just somebody on one of the facebook groups or something like that and then you come out here and you're like oh that's who you are you know you finally put that face to the the name and uh, in the you know in the example of a brewery you know to finally you know meet those people that are making your beer instead of just the people that are selling your beer you know there's it's still a little bit different for a place like this where a lot of times you can come in here and you, one of you guys is here and you can sit down and you can talk to you yeah, guys. But yeah, yeah. as breweries get bigger, it it doesn't always end up that way. So yep. it's, it, like I said, it ties it all together. Right. Um, there's a reason, too, that, you know, as craft beer gets more and more popular, people stop drinking things like imports and yeah. stuff like that because you were talking about the quality of something and... It's a very big difference to get a New England IPA out of a brewery's back door when mm-hmm. it was just canned what, yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yes, yesterday. Um, versus if somebody made a New England IPA and shipped it across an ocean. Yes. Yeah, for then sure. It went through some distributor in a warehouse. Yeah, and, and it's. I mean, that's even. It's even true for anything that comes from uh, from the West Coast. You know, what I mean, it's right. you get. I. So this is gonna sound snobby, but I don't really. It's care. true with things around town. Look, I I live in Butler County. There are breweries that are distributed through places that are not necessarily Cincinnati distributors. Sure. The, the beer has to go to Dayton before it comes back down to yeah. Fairfield. Yeah. yeah. The beer sits for for a couple of weeks yeah. before I even get a chance to buy it. Yeah. Like, and what I was gonna say was we. This is gonna sound snobby, but I I really, unless I know, unless it's I mean really unless it's like a local IPA or something from around town or I know when it was canned. I don't really drink IPAs anymore because right. they're best consumed fresh. And if I'm going to get a beer, if somebody's going to send me a beer, for all you traders out there, if somebody's going to send me a beer from a, from California, I want them to send me a stout or a sour because right. it's going to survive and it's going to taste ex- like the brewer wanted me to taste it roughly um, when I get it. And if I get, a, if I get an IPA, you never know how long it's at, especially with various, I mean, I'm not a, I don't know, like if you have Taver, Taver, whatever, or whatever the other various places, I just bought um, some Firestone Walker beer online, and uh, it was 
I got it and I looked at the bottom of the can and it was canned one one seventeen. I was like, well, that's not when, just, that's not what I wanted to have. I've got my first Tavor order coming I have mine this week, <laughs> and I was looking at it yesterday and I'm like, oh crap, these are you know half of these are IPAs, and you start thinking like, did I really make the best decision on what I picked? But I got it for sours, so that was I mean sours and stouts. So, but and I think that for anybody that's listening, you know, we're not knocking the traditional model either yes but that's true. you've got to trust your brewery you've got to trust the distributor that is distributing that brewery and you've yeah. got to trust your retailer yep. and know how long things have been sitting on a shelf yep. and how they've been handled in that meantime and yep. you know if as craft beer drinkers we're going to take this to a whole nother level then that's the kind of stuff you have to pay attention to yep. and we've got to you know if you if there's old beer sitting on a shelf you got to tell people not just some yahoo in that store that's yeah, selling I mean, old beer, but you know, shoot a message to the brewery, shoot a message to the distributor if they give a shit, and and tell them. And I would say that most brewers, as long as you do it in a respectful manner, they're going to say thank you right. because that's what they want. They want to know. And just send them an email. Don't blow yeah. them up on yes, Twitter. Please or Facebook do not send them a message on Facebook. Don't post to their uh, public post on their Facebook because that's not what they. I mean, that's that is calling them out in a public forum. That is. And I'm not telling anybody what to do, but this is I how will. I'll tell them I mean, what to do. There you go. Gnarly Gnome is telling you what, what to I'm do. That's what I'm here for, to tell people what to um, do. But yes, I, I would say that an email to their support account is... Everybody's got an email yep. on their, their webpage or their or their Facebook page, even, that, that sends you to some kind of feedback account. Yep. And, and I, I mean, we we have kegs out in the in the wild. If, if somebody tastes something and it tastes off... Let us know so we can go check on it because we will. I mean, we'll check on it. It's it might take us a little bit because there's only a couple of us, but we'll we'll do our best to rat or rectify the situation. Right. That's that's the word I was looking for. And and as packaging becomes you know more and more prevalent from you guys, which I will talk about in a second. Mm-hmm. But um, you know. If you get something in a package and you think this does not taste like it tasted when I was in the brewery, you know, again, you know, just shoot them a message. Come in, talk about it, and figure out what's going on, and help them figure out what's going on. Yep. Because, you know, this, you know, when you are using mobile canning, that also does throw another variable into yep. something. You've gotten comfortable with kegging beer. You, right. you guys kind of know what you're doing with that. Yep. As soon as you bring somebody else in and have another variable. Yep. Well, and it's part of QAQC is is checking on your package product, and we right. pulled. I mean, we pulled four packs sorry everyone there's a couple <laughs> less four packs than we originally intended because we pulled it for qaqc um but i mean i trust buckeye fairly implicitly because i watched them right. i watched them clean the line so there should be no issues um but there's definitely i mean there's part of it's part of it's part of life that when you package beer you you open yourself up to issues in the in the microbiological world right so. especially when you're, you're dealing with something on you know as the scale gets bigger and bigger so um you know i kind of mentioned it there a little bit as more packaging becomes more and more um prevalent from you guys so we you know rick Arman wrote a little piece the other day mm-hmm. and mentioned a couple things that mm-hmm. we might be seeing um pineapple what was it pineapple uh pineapple berliner vice is the probable next beer followed by um a new england those are the just the labels that we have we have right. we have three three labels actually you know what i'm gonna say it whatever um the pineapple berliner vice is shades and bikinis um we're gonna do we're gonna brew it here draft only in the coming weeks probably not this week but then the week after um and then we'll as long as it goes well we'll package it we'll and if it needs to be tweaked, we'll probably brew it again, draft only, and release it whenever we figure that out. Um, we've got a New England coming up um, sometime this summer. Uh, One that we've already tasted or no, something new? No, this, is, this will probably not hit draft. Uh, this will be can only. Luke is test batching it. Uh, pretty consistently over the next couple weeks, and he's got one in the in his little fermenter right now, um, and that'll be sometime this summer. And that's called Chilling with Bob Ross. And then we've got uh, Where's Barb, which we brewed last fall, and we will do again in package probably around our year anniversary. So those are the three we have planned. If things go really well, then we're gonna we're just gonna package more beer. But 
Um, right now, I think I said we'll do six, hopefully six this year. Right. I mean, six, ish. you know, <laughs> ish. ish. Six, again, in, you know, right around that, that first year mark, that's, 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 do you think that's it's bold, or do you does it just make sense in your head? I mean, is mm-hmm. that? I mean, it kind of depends on how the today, go, today <laughs> goes. I, that's why, and that's why, that's why I said to Rick too. I was like, if this if today goes well and we sell a lot of beer, then uh, six is six. It doesn't seem bold, but if if we don't sell a lot of beer, then six uh, is no longer bold, and we'll probably go down to a little bit less. But we'll do. I mean, we're gonna continue to we're gonna continue to package beer. We'll just tweak. We'll just tweak what, how, and what we're doing, and w- what we think, and what size, and all that kind of stuff. So, oh, and it's, uh, you know, all around town, you see this with breweries that are just kind of, I mean, you guys are making it up as you go along. You're just, yeah, you're, you're figuring of. this thing out. Like yeah. there, nobody has done anything like street side in Cincinnati yet. Nobody has done, uh, you know, packaged New England IPA releases the way that Listerman's doing. Everybody's right. just kind of making this stuff yep. up and say, hey, let's let's see what happens if we try this. Let's yep. see what happens if we try this. And um, I, it's it's fun to be on that 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 train and and, and experiencing all that. Um, what other things are are kind of on in store? You know, there's uh, you guys very notoriously like to tweet out pictures of your barrels that you've yeah. got stashed away and. So we've got, we tried the barrels, uh, I don't know, a couple weeks ago, three weeks ago, two weeks ago, um, and they're tasting really good. They're starting to, they're starting to taste like a sour should, um, and that'll be, it would be nice. I'm hoping to fruit them sometime this summer, where I think we're going to do individual barrel projects for each one, or maybe two uh just kind of depends on how many barrels we have how everything and I, I assume all that is definitely going to be draft only for the foreseeable future just of how much you have uh no we will, we will probably bottle those um awesome. so and it really i mean a lot of it depends on fruiting and all that we right. want to see where it's at when we when we first do it and um but the uh so yeah so we've got those we've got the we've got the clean barrels that are doing their thing um they're tasting pretty good you tasted one where's um, barb yeah where's barb um at the very whatever december that was tasting pretty good then um we're just letting it age and see how everything goes and then we'll those will be one the first barrel that we ever did will be draft only and then i think everything else will be some kind of large format bottle and, and as you said we're kind of making it up as we go we i mean we know we know what we want to do and we know how we want to do it um we know we want to put in bottles for people to share and to sell her and all that. So that is something that we don't want you to drink fresh. We want you to let, or we want you to buy multiple, and we want you to drink one fresh, and we want you to sell her one. So, and then you know, tell everybody what's happening with the bottles. That's what's fun to me too. Yes. Is, you know, you got these breweries that aren't very old that have really stuff that is you know kind of designed for cellaring, and mm-hmm. even they don't really know what's going to happen with right. it and. You know that experimentation of it is yeah, is, is yeah, a really fun yeah, side. That is true, and I mean, hopefully everything goes well with it. But I, we are, excuse me, we are pretty diligent in our QAQC, and we'll send it off. We're gonna send it off to a, to a lab to make sure because we do right. have we do have sour barrels around, so we want to make sure that everything, clean barrels stay clean, and sour barrels are sour. So those will the QAQC will be definitely more um, uh, robust on those barrels or those bottles of right, right, right. packaged beer so as as things start coming out of those barrels and beer starts flowing around it uh, you know we've all heard of different breweries that have had issues with that so it's you know it's n- especially in a place that's not very big like street side you know it's once it gets somewhere it gets everywhere right and yeah and we do our best to keep it separate i mean uh, for anyone who's been to the tap room the sour barrels are underneath the tap room and then you can see all the clean barrels but uh Weirdly enough, uh, bacteria doesn't give a shit about doors. So <laughs> it doesn't give a shit about anything. Yeah, so it will. It'll do what it wants to do, and but we try our best to keep everything separated. We've we've actually, I mean, we've thrown away many things that we've accidentally used. We sit there and we're like, oh shit, this is in my hand, and I was about to go back to the clean side, and it stays. It either stays over on the sour side or it gets thrown away. Right. So, um, yeah, that's. I mean. 
that's another that's another one of those things that we're going to package and that might i mean that might take the place of a canning run i should say we plan on packaging six times this year i don't know if everything will be a canning run or not Um, well and i think a lot of that what's going to be interesting too is seeing how buckeye keeps up with that demand as you've got places that are packaging every single month Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, there's still places that are packaging a whole lot of beer through Buckeye, yeah. you know, it's instead of you know being able to get their own canning line, so it, yeah. it just and as more and more places open up, they're going to want to package and. So Buckeye actually has two lines now. They have a north, north line and a south line, and the south line takes care of. I don't actually remember, but Northern Kentucky, Indiana, and Cincinnati, and I think they occasionally go up to Columbus. I don't know. Sorry, Buckeye, if I'm getting this wrong. Um, and then they've got their North Line that takes <laughs> care of mostly, I believe, Cleveland and Northern and Eastern Pennsylvania. So they should. I, I mean, it sounded to me when we talked that they're pretty. They're pretty good at getting everything. Right. Everything scheduled and done, and I mean, that's part of the. That's part of having a calendar as well. That they do. They put stuff on the calendar and you've got I mean I think we I think I emailed uh, emailed them a month out three weeks out maybe I don't right. remember but yeah that's I mean it was definitely uh, no it was a month out I just moved away from the microphone as I was talking sorry about that everyone <laughs> um, I'm not very good at radio um, either am I <laughs> but yeah that was you got to get on the calendar early. So all you breweries that are interested in doing some, uh, you, you have to you have to plan ahead. Yeah, yeah, know, definitely, definitely don't call um, BJ at, at Buckeye Canning uh, with a week until your beer's ready to go, and uh, hope that it's gonna hope that he can get you on the schedule because he he can't. So what are some of the things that like as you guys? <laughs> You know, we probably talked about this a little bit in um, in December when we were here, but you know, just as you guys have grown and as things keep changing, what are the things that that are kind of jumping out? Like, oh, we didn't we didn't realize that this was going to be difficult, or that this was going to be the thing that we're trying to. You know, sometimes making beers it ends up being the easy part. Yeah, I would else. say I would I I would say hmm 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 hmm. I don't know. I'd be interested to see what Luke has to say, but there's a whole lot of stuff that I really don't enjoy doing that I end up, that I found out that I'm I'm doing now, like uh, office work. If you're planning on starting a brewery, just, I mean, don't, there's a lot of days where I just don't, I don't get out on the brew house floor. I send emails and I do spreadsheets and I do, I, I don't know, social media. And that's, that's a lot of time of spent on social media. <laughs> that I always kind of mention to uh, to places as they're starting up and they're busy and they're trying to make enough beer. And then it's like, well, you know, there's there's going to come that point where you just desperately want to get up on the brew deck and mm-hmm. you don't have time to yeah. anymore. You're hiring other people to yeah. make the beer and it's yeah, things it, start to shift and change. That actually happened this week. We were brewing, so we did a smash them co ale on um, Wednesday. And it was... It was our first time using holy hops and all sorts of stuff. It was just we wanted to use hops in every part of the process except for the boil. So it might be interesting. I don't know. Hopefully, I've done it before. I did it in Portland um, with uh, Labruatory. Um, But it was definitely we fruited it, so it's not the same concept. It's just the same hopping process. Uh, But, and I didn't get to try it, so I have no idea how it went. Um, Shit, what was I saying? Oh, so Wednesday, no, I had, we, we had, Eight barrels, eight barrels of beer, eight brewing barrels, not eight kegs, eight barrels of beer to deliver on Wednesday, and it was myself, my dad, and our sales sales guy slash bartender who went out and delivered all of that beer, and Luke had to stay and brew, and that's just that that ha- that is happening more and more now than you would ever expect, than I ever expected. I don't. We go out and do sales calls. Luke does a lot of Especially sales. Especially in the first year. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And Luke, the, yeah, Luke has to do a lot of sales, and I have to do a lot of deliveries because I don't sell well because I don't know if anyone, anyone who's met me is probably knows that I uh, am not a very good salesperson. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, and uh, spreadsheets for just this. I mean, just costing out the cans and trying to figure out how to, how to make it so everyone gets some that want some and all that so i mean it's definitely i mean there's a lot of stuff that you never expected you're gonna do 
um, and you end up doing. Right, right, right. I never thought I was going to be sitting outside in the parking lot at 6 a.m. in the morning picking up cigarette butts, but that's something I do, so. <laughs> so, what, you know, when, when Scott down the street at Blank Slate on his business cards, he calls himself a janitor yeah, yeah. and a yeast farmer and all that stuff, and, uh, you know, it's, it's no joke, you know, being a brewer is not necessarily what everybody always thinks it is. Sorry, I just got handed a beer and it smells really, really good. You're, you're remembering a beer that you drank when you were at home because we're in the parking lot. Mm. Yeah, I got handed water. <laughs> which, speaking of which, um, this is the I, we can't have a show where we don't have from the beer fridge. So yes, um, I'm, I poured something here for you. Too. Yep. Hang on, I forgot to find my button. <laughs> from the beer fridge. There it is. Um, so again, we are not drinking in the parking lot because Correct. that would be slightly illegal, and we do not condone that. Neither does Streetside. But Actually, we don't even know if it is legal or illegal. But I mean, if you're the if you're the police, it's don't there's, whatever. It's there's, water. There's, there's if, a gray area. Yes, yeah, it's water. If you're the police, if you're not. The it police. is mostly water. Everything we're drinking out here is mostly. That's water. true. Um, That's true. This is uh, Wee Honey from Quaff Brothers yes. and Mount Carmel, which. Um, I had a whole bunch stashed away, and I just keep drinking through it really quickly because it's so delicious. Except when you get to the very bottom of the bottle, there's always a big glob of honey in every bottle that I've gotten. <laughs> we, we, so we've got some barrels in there that we put some uh, honey in, and Luke, instead of dissolving the honey into a more liquid form, he just dumped honey in. Right. <laughs> and it just sank. You could tell it literally just went directly to the bottom to the racking arm, and I opened it up to, to rouse the yeast, <laughs> There's just this, I mean, every day it was just this massive glob of honey. And I was like, all right, well, this, is, this isn't doing what we thought it was going to do, but it was whatever. I mean, the beer turned out fine, and it's going to be it's gonna be really, really good, I think, I hope. I, why did I say that? That was so stupid. I'm sorry. It might be good. This is good, too. Mm, it is. I, you know, there's very few things that Quaff Brothers collaborates on that... Uh, I just want to see it. I don't remember. It's all we heavy. We heavy. Oh, you can definitely get that. Definitely get the nuts on it. Oh yeah. It's like a. It's like a. For all the yeah, University of Dayton people out there, it's it kind of tastes like the uh, the arena smell. So <laughs> the University of Dayton <laughs> arena has the like the candied nut machine, uh, and in the concourses, it. I mean, you walk in every day or every time you go to a game, it smells the exact same. <laughs> it smells like home, but it smells like this. Is, it smells like how this beer tastes. So if you are a Dayton fan and you're nostalgic for the arena, you should go out and get <laughs> wee honey from Quaffers. Yeah. I don't know where you would find it now, but yeah. So um, I imagine somebody. I imagine it's somewhere. I imagine there's somebody that's got a whole bunch. I feel like there is there there might be some party source. I was just there recently. I don't remember. So, but if you're the party source, I didn't. Or if you're going to the party source looking for it, do not hold me to my word because I don't remember. Although, but. if anybody can point you to where it might be, they they could yeah they will know. They could probably yeah. tell you. Um, so, talking about Quaff Brothers and collaborations and things like that, I've I've heard a couple rumors about some collaborations that might be happening with Streetside. Yeah, is there anything that you can talk about? Yeah, I think so. I don't think that they'll mind, but we're we're gonna do a uh, barley wine with mash cult, and it's gonna be all barrel aged. Um, and excuse me, uh, all barrel aged. Um, mash cult, which which oh, not, yes, not to inter- not to interrupt, but. Um, to squash the rumors right now that, that everybody keeps telling me, they are not buying the old Rivertown location, for the record. Um, they talked to them about it, but they are not buying it, just so everybody can quit emailing me about it and asking I, me if I heard about it. I was going to say, I would not have known that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they, they, we approached them early, and we wanted to do something. And we wanted to do a, we wanted to do a big beer. Uh, we wanted to do something that we could, we could put in barrels, and we wanted to do something that we could package. Um, and we're gonna brew it here, and it's gonna be a, I think it's gonna be a, a pretty, pretty standard English barley wine. But it's gonna be, I mean, we're gonna, we're gonna I don't know how to say this. But we're gonna brew the shit out of it. It's gonna be, <laughs> it's a, gonna be a huge undertaking for the brewing process. It's. Lots of grain, and we're gonna do like a four-hour boil, and we're gonna. <laughs> so you're I mean, literally gonna brew the shit. I mean, we're yeah, it's gonna. I mean, we're gonna caramelize. It's gonna taste. We're gonna. I mean, I think it's. I don't know the recipe. We haven't written it yet, but I mean, we're. It's gonna be. It's gonna be pretty intense. We've talked to. So that's our 
that's our match called collaboration that I think it's pretty safe to say that we're doing. I mean, we've talked to them. I'm ordering the grain for it here soon, probably in the next week or two. Anybody that hasn't been down to Mash Cult, down, you well, should go. And I say go down to Mash Cult, yes. as, as in go down to Party Town, where, yes. where Mash Cult has their taps for now. Hopefully yes. they'll settle into something in yes. the near future. But um, they're making some really, really incredible stuff yeah. on a tiny little system yep. with, with, you know, again, in Party Town. You know, yep. it's, 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 you know, it's a couple tap handles in the corner of a, a big liquor store. So it's... It's kind of a fun little thing that they've got going on. Yeah, and, for sure. And they definitely know what they're doing. Yeah, if you, I mean, if if you're looking to try something new and a brewery that you might not have had, they're definitely the one to go and hit because I mean they're they're small. They're they do a lot of a lot of interesting stuff. They're good guys. Um, I can't. I mean, I can't speak highly enough of them. Um, they. Their New Englands are on par with anybody, oh, yeah. so I would I would recommend if you're a fan of the style and you're here in line today, go out and get go out and get some mash cult New Englands. Absolutely. Um, so, anybody else that you guys have talked to? That yeah, I I don't want to. I mean, we've <laughs> talked to a couple people. There's so the one that the one that I can probably safely most safely say is actually. Uh, a brewer out in California who um, helped me get started when he was working in Portland. Um, he, he's he been talking to us about coming out and doing something. Um, and then I think we will probably go out there. We've ta- I mean, we've talked to a bunch of people about doing collaborations. There's a brewery in um, New Hampshire that we've talked to a little bit. There's a brewery, obviously, the guy who worked in Portland who now works in California or will work in California here soon. We've talked to him. Um, I've done some collaborations, obviously they're, they're not on tap here, but there's going to be, I mean, there's going to be some more stuff coming up here soon. Um, we, I guess, did, did Craft Beer Joe say something about he, w- w- he wishes he wishes there was more? And, yeah. And, and I kind of understand exactly where he was coming from. Like, it does seem like it's not as much of a focus around yes, town I would, as I it would was at one time. Yeah, and I think some of it is just like people everyone's very inwardly focused right now because everyone's trying to figure out what what they're going to do with how they brew and how they how they keep up with demand and Cincinnati's growing in in more ways than one besides just beer and there's a lot of I mean even I mean even us I can hear Luke I can hear Luke through the freaking headphones it's unbelievable Sorry, <laughs> I'm distracted. Always, I can, you can always I can hear, hear him in a room, can, and you can see him because oh I think he's God, like he's, he's like six eleven yeah. or something, and like and the ponytail makes him freaking taller. <laughs> Whatever. Sorry. I, I call him Thor. This, this is this, this is my life every day. So I'm just like this is I can't believe that I can hear him. Through the <laughs> you know that scene in the I think it's the first Thor movie where he's drinking coffee for the first yeah, time. Yeah, I like smash that. Yeah, to me that's that's. that's, uh, yeah, that's <laughs> I'll have another. He does smash a lot of stuff, but so yeah, I think. I mean, this is my this is my hypothesis, but my guess is that everyone's very inwardly focused right now because everyone's growing at a pace that they didn't expect at all. Because it's something. everybody's making it up as they go along, right? Yeah, and, and that, it's yeah. I mean, you've got you've got Madry. They what, how how much was their expansion? A lot, uh, whatever. A, a lot. lot. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't imagine doing that. I mean, you've got everybody adding fermenters and growing and doing barrel age projects and doing can releases and all that. I wasn't drinking as much beer last time, so I wasn't burping as much. Sorry. Sorry, I guess. Um, but yeah, the, uh, the whole point of this show is to capture the essence of standing in line at a I can release, and burping yeah. is a big part of yeah. that. Yeah. So, uh, my, I mean, my, my assumption is that maybe once things settle out and people kind of just, like, figure out where they are in the grand scheme of things in the beer community, that and I collaborations think, might return. And not that this is this is the way I want it, but I think that it's also very different in a young beer scene where people are trying to figure it out and figure out what the city wants and what the city needs. It's, it's yeah. almost more important for people to get together and start to build that community, whereas yeah. we've got a hell of a community that's already built. You know, a brew, new brewery can open up and become part of something that, that has been the foundation has been laid for years and years and years at this one. Yeah. I mean, I, for years at this point, you know, and the other so it's thing, a little different. But yeah. I was going to say the other thing is this is, I mean, and this is something that I've noticed as a brewer and I mean, no one can, needs to collaborate. Anymore. No, I yeah, guess yeah. is the way that I, that I would put it. Well, I guess this is, people can argue whatever. If, if somebody wants to get mad at me, they can. But I think part of it is that as 
Cincinnati is as uh, is a young beer scene. I know a lot of people that think it's not, but it is. And uh, when you go to places like Portland or San Diego, these guys there's there's generational brewers there. And it, I was talking to the guy that we're gonna collaborate with from California, and he's like, "Yeah, you guys are like the twentieth wave. I'm like the eighth. Right. And he knows people from the from the third wave, you know what I mean? And he's worked for these places that are that have been established forever. I don't remember exactly where he worked. Luke would know better, but he's I mean, he's worked at a lot of different places and he's met a lot of people and he's gone to a lot of festivals. He made relationships that those relationships aren't formed yet in Cincinnati because right. people you've got I mean, you've got Luke and I might be I don't know. I'm trying to think, but I mean, Luke and I are the first, some of the first guys that have worked multiple places to work at their own place. Right. Um, and that's not exactly true. And I'm sorry for everyone that I'm leaving out of that conversation. But Luke, I mean, I, I volunteered at Mad Tree and I worked at Rivertown and I've, there's, I've gone to lots of different breweries and met lots of people to try to form these relationships and not that everybody's not doing that but it's you've got you've got people that are starting out and it's their it's their second brewery and they package or their home brewers and not that that's a bad way to start it's not a bad way to start at all but you got if you never worked at a brewery you didn't form any relationships there well it's 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 also interesting just the you know you look at some of the people around town with randy over at wooden cask who started at rivertown and has ended up over there and um, Richard, who has mm-hmm. been everywhere in the world, I think at this I point, know, or, those are, and, and those you know, are. Evan, who's been brewing beer since he was what four years old or something. Uh, I don't know. I yeah. mean, like, there, there's these people that just have these these crazy experiences yes. in beer, and if you're a guy who's been home brewing for a few years and decides they want to make that leap, yeah, that's not something that you can just create. That's yeah. something that you yeah, have for to sure. you have to go out and, and experience and talk to people and. <laughs> suck as much out of their brain as you can yeah and that's and, yeah and that's and that's one of those things where like if you're not if you're not if you're not going out and talking to people and you and you just i mean a lot most people i would say go and brew shadow brew um the place that i'm forgetting is tasked where everybody came from somewhere else right. they i mean they they are but look at they've done collaborations and that's kind of one of those things where they've done that kind of stuff it's it's crazy to think about what the city is going to look like in, you know, ten years and yeah. twenty years. You've got, say, yeah, you look at breweries now where the owners and the and the brewers, you know, have kids that are that are there. That this is just this is their existence. This yeah. is you know, yeah, who've you know, seen da- it. Who've mom and dad from, have always yeah. worked at this brewery, yeah. and that's going to be their their family. That's right. their that's yeah. That's their it's life, you know. It's, yeah. Well, that's you know, it's yeah. something that the city used to have. You yeah. know, you definitely had these <laughs> these these families. <laughs> that dog just sat on a beer bottle, knocked it worms. <laughs> um, Sorry. It, it it's something that Cincinnati needs to get back, and something that you know, the beer created the city, and it you know it, it it's only fitting that at some point it, it kind of leans back that way. And, yeah. Um, it's it's fun fun to watch. It's yep. fun to fun to be on that train. Yep, and yeah, I was gonna say there's you look at you look at these new breweries that are these I mean the guys that are really expanding, they're all guys that have kids and they bring their kids to the brewery and they experience right. they experience. It'll be interesting to see where that is. Like you said, when those kids turn eighteen and they right. can start to actually work in a brewery it'll right. be interesting well i mean they'll probably work in a brewery beforehand but whatever <laughs> um, so i've seen someone working already yeah so it's i mean it's one of those things i mean i don't have kids no i am the kid um so it'll be interesting to see like scott down the street just had right uh i don't know how old his child is uh, but i mean i, mean, I, I don't know not but even, whatever not even but one yeah, yet maybe? I yeah i don't know i don't remember but i mean it's it, 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 someday 10 years from now walk down the street and he'll be the 
said child will be in the in the brewery hopefully and working and doing his thing and carrying on the legacy of great beer over at blank slate so <laughs> and, and things like that are, are fun yeah it's fun to, to think know about. that you'll be able to see that yeah, i don't <laughs> i don't think about that very often because children scare the shit out of me yeah, but me too but <laughs> yeah you have very different reasons <laughs> you, yeah <laughs> <laughs> when she woke me up you know 20 minutes before my alarm went off this morning i wanted to toss her down the hallway yeah. but um, let's take one more quick break. We'll wrap it up. Uh, we'll talk about. Uh, I don't know. We'll talk. We'll talk about something. But, sure. Uh, we'll be back. Cincy Brewcast. We are the voice of Cincy Craft. You know, there's no need to be an uptight. <laughs> beer, beer is about having fun. The dream, the dream is definitely the fact that we went from homebrewing in a garage to where we are today, right? That is, that is the dream. Where we go from here, we're gonna, we're gonna continue to figure out as we grow. Uh, we, uh, and we don't know the answer. I don't know the answer. Can you have more fun with your clothes on? I don't think so. <laughs> You're listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Hey everybody, we're brought to you by Brewer's Buddy, your best friend in brewing. Brewer's Buddy is the latest homebrewing system on the market. It's a patent-pending, gravity-fed, beer homebrewing platform made affordable for anyone who loves the craft of brewing beer. It's versatile, durable, affordable, and it's safe. You can follow them at Brewer's Buddy on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and you can find out more about them at BrewersBuddy.com. Make sure you pre-order now at www.brewersbuddy.com. Brewers Buddy, your best friend in brewing. This is Steve Shaw. This is Eric Bosler. Hi, my name is Gamal Nagy. Hey, y'all. This is Sean Willingham. This is Brett Coleman-Baker. Hi, I'm Scott LaFollette. Hi, this is Evan Rouse. Cellar Dweller Craft Beers. Darkness Brewing. Rivertown Brewing Company. Permissible Brew Works. Urban Artifact Brewing. Blank Slate Brewing. Braxton Brewing Company in Covington, Kentucky. In Cincinnati. In Northside. In Hamilton, Ohio. Bellevue, Kentucky. Mar, Ohio. You're listening to Cincy Brewcast. Cincy Brewcast. And you're listening to Cincy Brewcast. The voice. The voice. The voice of Cincy Craft. <laughs> We're back. Cincy Brewcast. I am the Darley Gnome drinking water in line at Streetside at their can release for Subraw, um, which I drank probably three quarters of a growler of the other night. And man, that beer is fantastic. <laughs> um, so, well, we're drinking. What are we drinking here? Uh, that was bearded iris something. So this is the gentleman this, in Alabama. This is kind of right along that same line of. Um, w- not that it tastes like Sal but it's that same idea of just like one of those weird danky hops put into this other kind of light that you aren't used to. You aren't used to experiencing the hop in this way. Like it comes off, some of those fruit notes come out more than you're, than you're used to in, in a beer that if this was brewed as a West Coast IPA would be bitter. The dankness would still be there, but it would be yeah. just expressed in a very different way. You can open. Oh, I'm talking to Luke. Luke, Luke, hey, you want to grab a mic? You can be. Why don't you? Why don't you get on? There's another mic right there. Mic right there. Okay, He's there. he was right at the perfect height for you. Yeah. <laughs> Complaining. Complaining that bitch. Let's get me on there. I don't care. <laughs> He'll only hear it if he listens back to the show. He will though. <laughs> he will though. He listened to the last one. He's gonna, I mean, he's going to hear this one. He's, whatever. But he, he listened to the last show like 18 times. <laughs> Good. We, we were sitting, yeah, I know. That's what I mean. He was sitting there. Although I don't know if it, it wasn't all the way through. He would rewind because we kept missing parts. It was Wednesday. And he kept. I don't think I get extra numbers for that. Though. I don't think you do. Because he would rewind certain sections to try to, he was trying to hear certain stuff. And we were in the middle of something. I keep looking away from the goddamn mic. Um. Yeah, he was listening for something specific that my mom said that you had said, and he never heard it. He has no idea. It might have been when we weren't recording. <laughs> it may have been, but he was, he was trying to listen for something. I was just, just telling the story about you listening to the podcast on Wednesday like 18 times. 
<laughs> that mic stand is adjustable. Oh, no, that's pretty much right where he needs it. Yes. Hello. Check, 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 check. There we are. Oh, we're good. Yeah, and, uh, do you have an opener? Opener? No. Do you have a lighter? I, got one I don't have a lighter. There we go. Uh, uh, yeah, I was yeah, trying to... This is, is exciting-ass radio. This, uh, is, this is this is very much like uh, everyone's very uh, very very uh, close to the, uh, to the to the to the radios listening to this one. So. Yeah, I, well, it's I mean this it's not live anymore. Uh, the the, uh, okay. the Facebook feed crapped out, so uh, this okay. is just I saw podcast that. later. I was, I was gonna say this, I was listening on the inside. We broke the internet. Oh, oh, say, I bet. Yeah, uh, this Star sounds, all over again. This sounds like this sounds like uh, the sour hour where they sit there and they they're like, oh, I'm opening beer now, and you're like, oh, well, let's <sighs> we we talked about that like. <laughs> when we started the show a lot of trying to make sure that we didn't have a show that was just us sitting around drinking for four hours. Right, um, right. But at the same time, you want to include some of that in there because anybody who's listening to the show is a beer drinker. And they, right. You know, you want to feel like you're sitting around with your buddies drinking beer when you're listening to it. So. And a big part of being a beer drinker is being on your phone. And that's what I'm doing right now. I apologize. Oh, that's um, fine. So, Luke. Yes. What do you want people to know about Subra, the can release? That's his recipe. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is, well, listening to back to what Garrett was saying, um, to be honest with you, I just saw this the other day on a post, and I'm not dissing the guy, but Saison Man was just like, yeah, this is the easiest, easiest type of beer to make. Saison Man is from Trinity Brewing in Denver. And, man, I can't tell you how many batches these I've dumped. I'm just like, this is a very hard style of beer. I can't tell you how many I've tried and I didn't like from from places that. And, and I mean, I felt like we we did a fairly good job on our first iteration of Sabra um, with the haze drop. But I felt that, and like I had said in the first um, interview, reason why we never changed it from uh, New England to just an IPA, even when it was clear, was because we still felt that the flavor profile and mouthfeel was still there, but it just wasn't where we thought it was acceptable uh, like you know like on a trillium level or on a veil level um you know we like to we like to brew beers that we want to drink and the beers that we want to drink just so happen to be those very difficult popular style of beers so we don't we don't allow for garbage and you know test batching probably five different iterations of those recipes we finally hit it you know i just want to people to know that this isn't just a ploy to make money it's it's really a it's it's an art form in the sense of sours but yet it's the most disgusting beer you'll see ever poured into your glass yeah and the other thing is um they're expensive ass beers to make so it's not like it's not like i whatever i don't even know how i want to say this but it's not like we're not like we're raking it in on this if we wanted to rake it in we release tea bags in a in a in a can because that's a cheap beer to make or like a pilsner but like New England's, no one's no one's making no one's gonna retire off the New England trend making the New England. I, I think there's I think there's some people in some places that might actually. <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah, there's a couple. There, you know, so I think it's also important to point out, and and I'm this is probably gonna come back, and people are gonna yell at me because of something that they brewed at some point. But you guys were one of the first places around town to really start pushing this, and that was yeah. I mean, it, I, I would say in the sense of marketing. I'm sure there was quite a few people out there who had beers that were hazy that could pass. But yeah, well, and we were ones who said this is a New, New England style, well, and, and also fought to make it that yeah. way. You know, you know, like you were talking about rebrewing something because the haze wasn't what you wanted it to be. You know, things like that. It, those are the things that, that that make the difference. You know, you you knew what you wanted with right. the beer, and you push it to be that. There are places that may have put something out. They said, "Hey, look at how hazy this turned out." And right. it's, you know, an IPA. Yeah. And the so there's. I'm gonna give credit where credit is due. There's Woodburn was doing it, Listerman's was doing it, Madtree's been doing it with Tree Search. I don't know if they want to call it New England, but whatever. They, I but don't I think mean, they do, but, but I mean, if you look at Tree Search now, that would be really good in the can. By it's the way. Hazy, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Madtree. Uh, but yeah, it's hazy. It's it's hot. I mean, it's hop aroma forward. It's I mean, I don't know if if they don't want to call it New England, that's fine. But it definitely is style stylistically not that there's a style for new england but uh stylistically it kind of looks like what it would be and it's a delicious ass beer and i had it last week it was great so so let's let's talk about kind of the the style just for a second before we kind of wrap things up you know like you obviously you view it as a style 
but within <laughs> what a New England IPA is, like, do you guys, is there some kind of range in that too? You know, if you throw fruit in it, is it still the same thing? If you, you know, like. So I'll say, so I'm a national ranked BJCP judge. So I feel that, no. I don't have an applause button, but. Uh, <laughs> but I feel like it's, 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 it's important to say that because then I can kind of say what I believe as a, as a, as a beer judge. Um, with the style and basically what I said with, uh, and, best, and what I said in the first time is when I have a New England style IPA, I'm looking for a few things. I'm looking for mouthfeel, I'm looking for aromatics, and I'm looking for lack of bitterness and very high in aromatics. I don't care about clarity. Um, you look at a heady topper can, you, pe- you keep that in the can for two weeks, three weeks, they say that's the beer that started it all, the thing's going to pour crystal clear. So I don't really care about that. If I'm hitting every other aspect towards it, then I feel that is the category of a new angle. I, I, I poured a couple cans from another local brewery the other night that were only three weeks old that poured pretty damn clear. If they still, and I will say to that, to whoever you're referencing, I will say that if they hit the mouthfeel, the body, um, the aromatics, and the flavor depth from the very tip of your palate to the very back, I think that that can qualify as a New England, but I don't feel that it's fair to say, oh, it's hazy, so it's a New England, but yet it's bitter as hell. There's very lackluster flavor. Is that important, though? Like the haze? Like is the, no. You know, no. What, I, what I'm trying to say is people think that if they just throw a handful of flour or, you know, they, they overdo their oats, um, but yet they still bitter it like a West Coast-style IPA. Right. That's not New England. The whole idea of New England and or East Coast and or New uh, Vermont style or Northeast style, whatever you want to call it, is the softness, the creaminess. So you're here to tell people that you have decided it's okay if your New England IPA is not hazy. I don't think you should. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you should shoot. I don't think. I, all right, Gnarly, no. Whoops. We'll talk after. No, because, because I actually think <laughs> I Time might. Time stamp that. I think I might agree with that. Like, I, you know, if I'm, I'm sure at some point you could get sub raw to clear up. In time. I'm, I'm, sh- I'm sure that, it, that could happen. I'll put it the way that Joe Grimm says it from Grimm Artisanal Ales. Hop haze, not yeast sludge. Right. Yeah. If oh, you yeah. have a hop haze, a nice pectin haze going on through that route, then yeah, that's cool. Well, pectin's the right word, I'm sorry. If you're having a nice hop haze, a really hard, um, and some people might say this is dumb, but a really hard, um, uh, what the hell is that term? The cold... What do we use bright stuff for? Protein haze. Protein haze. I mean, if you're getting that protein haze. Chill haze. Chill haze. I mean, a really hard chill haze, I find it's fine. But you're also, it's because all those oils are in suspension. And that's what Silver Batch 1 was. It was a ton of oils in suspension. And it was a lot of chill haze. But then in a month and a half, it just the, the proteins dropped. Right. And that's just what happened. And so did the oils. So we did shoot for that. And that's what we hit. But we weren't shooting for this disgusting murky water, right. uh, poop water, some people call it. Well, <laughs> um, and, and there are very different urban looks, too. <laughs> Brett has said his, wa- his beers are poop water. But, uh, <laughs> but no, for, so in that instance, yes, I feel that is, that is still in a New England. I think a lot of these beers that are coming out here, yes, a lot of them are hitting the flavor profile and everything. I'll say ours is doing the same thing, and ours is turbid, just dirty water. But that's what we're going for in order to kind of keep that mentality going with what people kind of associate as New England's. To me, I think it should just be a haze that comes from the oils, from the hops that you're using. And that's what I would associate as a perfect New England. And I think this, uh, so the, the sub bra that you're going to get in this can is the haziest thing that we've ever done. And mm-hmm. I don't even know why it's... it's we don't know why. We, yeah, we can't explain it. There's um, no changes to the recipe or anything. No, it's... The, and if you look at the test batch that we did, that is... That ugh, is disgusting. Oh, the cloud of annoying is pretty, pretty turbid. Yeah, though. it's the most... It's the most turbid. <laughs> so turbid. So turbid. No, but it's... So I'll... I'll talk on what. Yeah, you can make a you can make a New England that's clearish, and I think if you pour if you, everyone everyone go get draft uh, of sub uh, we put it back on for today. Um, it's a little bit clearer than what you're gonna get in the can, but it's I mean it's still yeah it might be clearish, not clearish. It's not clear. It's there's some clear spots in it. There's lighter tones. Lighter tones. Uh, ruby tones. Yes, ruby tones. Um, <laughs> sorry, these are inside jokes that no one's going to understand, but 
Um, it's definitely clearing up a little bit, but that's part of what happens when you keep a beer cold for it's called a month. It's called gravity. Yeah, it, right. yeah, it happens. <laughs> like I, sorry about it. It's just those particles are heavier and they're gonna fall. So and that's just what happens when you have a New England. If you hold on to a New England for six months, you're gonna pour a clear beer. And don't it'll be do oxidized. That. Yeah, it's gonna be oxidized and gross, and don't do it. So, but yeah, I don't know. So don't do it. Yeah, don't do it. And at the end of the day, just don't. <laughs> do it. Just don't it it don't is literally a style that is meant to be drank fresh. Yes, should be drank fresh. Absolutely. And it's going to change into something else if you don't do that. Yes, something yeah. sub suboptimal. Definitely suboptimal. Uh, wait, anything else? I I, I think that's it, guys. Uh, unless you have something you want the world to know. No, I mean we should we should probably get. Yeah, it's, we it's, gotta, it's, it's nine twenty five. It's nine twenty five, and we're handing um, out the cases. So. Recap, I, recap. New England's. If they're sh- they're a little hazy from all that hot protein, you're good to go. But if you're just trying to hit that disgusting <laughs> color and you're hit missing every other aspect, you're not in New England. Yeah, so and you're ruining you a hop smoothie. And you're ruining um you're ruining for all the other breweries. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're giving it a bad Maybe. name. I don't know about that. But or you're, well, yeah, yeah, you are. You, you could look at it the other way Pretty and say that on. that then the people that do that make the people that do it the right way look that much better too. I mean, there's you know for every. <laughs> positive there is a negative yeah, sure. so. alright guys well thank you thanks thank Nob I'm excited to get a hold of my cans and uh, and drink them all today don't do to that drink them fresh <laughs> you have a daughter to take care of don't, don't do that I have a wife too that's what she's for <laughs> I'm sorry honey she doesn't listen to the show I don't think but she doesn't I don't think so <laughs> who knows uh, everybody thank you for listening uh, Cincy Brewcast we are the voice of Cincy Craft we are next week uh, doing a show that we did this week that uh, sees us drinking a bunch of New England IPAs. So you'll probably know exactly which one of those beers I was talking about that turned out really clear after only a couple weeks. So uh, sorry, let's Love you guys. Bye.